0: Episode 221 and uh, sorry we missed yesterday, everybody, but I was, I was away. I was away and I, uh, sometimes, you know, I, Tell I the don't people where you were. I don't take days off. So I took a day off. I went to Boston. I went to Boston. Uh, I had this trip planned for five, four or five weeks. It was a quick in and out to Boston. I was hoping to go for the Beanpot final to see uh Luke Tuck and BU play in the Beanpot final, but they ended up playing in the consolation game against BC. So I got to see I got to see Luke play, I got to see Case McCarthy play, I got to see Trevor Kuntar play, I got to see Colby Ambrosio play. Um And these were, these are all former former Buffalo junior sabers. Yeah. They were in the organization when I was coaching there. And I mean, obviously when you were coaching there, you've been there since the thing started, but, uh, yeah. So I got to see them all and, and it was just, it was a good trip. I mean, I, you know, so it was the consolation So Luke Tuck.
1: So for people who don't know, Luke Tuck stayed with, uh, with Petey for, for a year. I just assumed
0: months. that everybody listening knows that.
1: Not everybody knows it, so just give him a quick little uh, back. So, yeah, so I, so for those that don't know,
0: I billeted kids when I coached. Um, they were 15 and 16, and one of them was was Alex Tuck's younger brother, Luke, and he came and played for the 16U Junior Sabres when he was 15. Lived, yeah, with, me he f- was, lived, with, lived with me he for with hockey He was drafted. Season. Yeah, he got a full ride to BU that year. He was living with me, and it was pretty cool to experience all that and the decision making and everything, and the announcement and all you know the whole the whole thing that these kids go through when they when they commit to a, to a college. And then uh, then he was drafted in the second round by the Montreal Canadiens, and he's in the third year at BU. So, it really, my first chance to go and see him play. I saw him play when he was at the NTDP a few times, and then I I have, you know, you had COVID and then last year there were still COVID rules and things like that in the schedule. And then now they're completely back to normal. So it was my first real chance to get down there and man, I'm glad I did. I'm going to tell you something. So when, when you billet kids, you, you develop a, a relationship with them. You, you, you become close and But anyway, so I, you know, I walk into the rink and they're already warming up and and they're and the, you know, I'm walking down the tunnel and I now remember I'd seen him play for BU on TV and and highlights and stuff, but I'd never seen him in person. So I'm walking down the tunnel and who's the first player that I see just like the first player through the tunnel was Luke. And it was, I'm not going to lie to you. I got, I got kind of, I got a little emotional to see him there flying around. He's at the TD garden they're playing in the TD Garden against BC and and he's wearing his college jersey so it was great to catch up so that's where i was we got to hang out after and and went for a bite to eat
1: and and uh so to go over the guys that you talked about i just want to say this cuz it's kind of cool that they're all like the bean pot for the people that don't know is um it's it's basically a small little tournament amongst harvard Boston University, Boston College and Northeastern. Yeah. Right? Or or Northeastern. Northeastern. North and Easton. you have uh Luke Tuck who, who obviously stayed with you who was drafted in the second round by the Montreal Canadiens. You have Kobe Ambrosio who played here, um was drafted in the fourth round by Colorado Avalanche. Um you have McCarthy, Case McCarthy, who was drafted to, by New Jersey I think it was, right? And then you have, uh, kuntar um, he was drafted by Boston, b- by Boston. He's, uh, he's playing quite well out there. Um, they all
0: played well in this game. I mean, and I'm not just saying that they yeah. all played well. Like Luke had really good shifts. Colby had good shifts. Trevor Kuntar had some really good shifts and, you know, case McCarthy, man, he's, he's a stud. He can rip the puck.
1: Well, he was a big strong kid uh when he was back playing um for the Junior Sabres. I, I can still remember him. He he played up a year. He was just an absolute man child uh you know, a, a massive kid uh, at a a younger age. Ended up going to the National Development Program and from there he's uh where's he at? He's at Boston University, correct? Or Boston yeah, yeah Boston University. Yeah. And he was drafted by uh, New, Jersey. New Jersey. So yeah, uh, a lot of good things uh for these guys. But uh one uh there's one name that kind of stole the stole the weekend, right? No, I didn't watch him play,
0: but we I watched you know what? I watched him play at a restaurant with a play, with Luke from B U and yeah. uh Colby Ambrosio and another kid, Eamon Powell from BC.
1: So I got to watch the so Northeast. Eamon Powell is is from Rochester.
0: Yeah. Ah, uh, yep. Syracuse. Just, those, just Syracuse. Syracuse. That's right. That's right. Sorry. Um, so he came out because he plays on Colby's team, and he lived with Luke at the NTDP, and, um, we watched Northeastern and Harvard in the final game, and I'm going to tell you, Devin Levi, man, he was unbelievable. He was unbelievable, and I don't know if you watched him. They beat BU in the first game of the Beanpot, and he was unbelievable again. I mean. These guys, and it was great talking to these guys and listening to them talk about him because they compete against him now, and, and they they are wowed by how amazing he is. And it's more his athleticism
1: than it is anything else. How how far how far away is this kid from playing in in the NHL? Shred and
0: Reagan asked me this yesterday. I can't answer this because I can't evaluate goaltender talent. But the league's getting younger, and how old is Devin Lee by twenty two? Will he
1: be twenty two when he comes out of college? No, Devin Levi is twenty one. Okay, when does he turn twenty two? He t- he turns he just turned twenty one. Oh shit! In okay. December twenty seventh. So you can't do that to a goalie, can you? Well, the only the only one that I think about when when I think of Devin when I think of a high end goaltender like Devin Levi that um, the name has been carrying him the last year or so, last two years um is is the kid Spencer Knight in Florida like Spencer Knight in Florida was a first round draft pick he's the highest drafted goaltender and I don't even know how many years uh and he he basically stepped in right from right from college and but you know, he's, he's been doing- a he's
0: been a phenom since he was 15 cuz he's the the kids that I coached and the kids that live with me he's that age i think he's an 01 if i'm not mistaken so okay. I, I coached that age group and I, I remember asking the kids, like, who are the best players at this age and where are they playing? And by far, it was across the board on the team that Spencer Knight was the best player in the country at his age group.
1: Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's Since 21 he was years old, 14 or 15 years old. He's 21. He's turning 22. So he's a year older than Devin Levi. Um, he came out of Boston college. Okay. in 2000, 2021, Um played a few games for Florida the next year which was last year he played 32 games for for the Florida Panthers and then this year he's played 19 and uh I don't know I I I don't know I think I think the the smart thing to do is is to allow Devin Levi to play one full NHL season or sorry 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 I take that back one full American hockey league season I think Devin Levi needs to to go through a little bit of the grind of a full uh, pro season.
0: Well, His, he's not coming
1: here this year, then. I under
0: I agree with what you're saying. Yes, he. Yeah. I think he needs that too. But I I think he would just as much rather go back to college, and that's a massive risk. Absolutely since. not.
1: Absolutely not. Will he be going back to college? He should. He is ready to come out. Well, now. Why is he Why is he coming out of college? What's he
0: going to come out for? Ninety five thousand dollars signing bonus and fifty grand in, in the minors to, to ride a bus or stay at the University of North uh, Northeastern University. How many maybe, games? Maybe try How to win games? a national champion. Hold on. Maybe try to win a national okay. championship right. and then get your degree. Okay. Or the and then sign wherever you want.
1: So I, I, I'm I'm going to tell you something. I want you to think about what I'm going to say here. So 2014, 2015 season, I'm going to go back to when he was in minor bantam, minor bantam, 2014, 15 season, nine years ago. He played 12 games. The next year he played 19 games. The next year he played 23, then 26, then 28. Then he went to a junior league in Ontario called, called the CCHL. Okay. He played 37 games that year. Then there was COVID lockout year. He didn't play one single game. He played world junior. He played seven games, but did not play that entire year. Then last year, he played 32 games for Northeastern, 32. Then this year, his season is almost over. He's played 28 games. If you're a professional goaltender, a pro goaltender, and you're the number one, you're playing 55 games a year. There is a grind that you are going to have to go through mentally And emotionally and physically to be ready to play at the highest level. Okay. He's never played it in his entire life. So don't tell me going back to college to play another 32 game schedule is the right way to go. He needs to go to the minors. He needs to fight through. Don't you think he would, don't you think he would be better off just? Be, if he's used to
0: playing 35 games or 30, 32 games, just put him in as a backup in the NHL. Like, why no. couldn't he come in and just back up UPL and get all the extra work and practice and shooting from NHL players and, you know, the travel grind and the lifestyle grind and all of that. And then, you know. Yeah, play and your... he can
1: start in the minors doing it. He can start riding the goddamn bus. Yeah, but he well, can, he can grind mice... out the way. Everybody else has through time. Like if we were to ask goaltenders, there's, there's ways to do it. There's ways of maximizing your goaltender and how you bring him up. A lot of goaltenders in the NHL don't make it until they're 24, 25 years old. Okay. We're talking about Devin Levi. Who's had two very good seasons in college. It's time for him to make the okay, next step time out. Time
0: out, time out. I hear everything you're saying, and I can appreciate and respect your argument, but is that the old NHL? And the reason why I say that... Not is for because, goaltending. Well, well, okay. Well, we said that for defense, too, and in forwards, and now we have...
1: Name me another goaltender that's like Spencer Knight.
0: I don't need to try to come up with examples right now because I'm going to lose my train of thought. My point is, isn't the league getting younger? Yes. Are we bringing kids that are now drafted 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 overall to the NHL almost maybe that same year?
1: Um like sometimes sometimes sometimes, sometimes. And how that's many, because how the, often the kids that, are more ready. How often to, did
0: that happen in like go 2000, go, go go look at hockey db and go back to say the 20 I'm not even going to say the 2015 draft. Say like the 20 16, 17 draft time and go look at how many second and third rounders have played games in the NHL. That never happened before. Never, never go back to drafts from like the nineties. You'll have like six guys from the second round, make it, or actually get, have a career, you know, a couple hundred games or more. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm not talking guys that played 25, 30, 40, 50, 70 games. I'm talking guys that played hundreds of games in the
1: second, third, and fourth round. Never saw it. Very rarely. Here's here's where where we're going with this. In 2016 NHL draft, in the first round, how many players in the first round? So there was 30, 30 players that were drafted. How many of those players played in the NHL? Just 20, hypothetically guess 25, 30. 30, of the, 30. 30, 30, 30 of the 30 drafted. You know that there were like
0: in the 90 drafts, there was like 10, 11 guys that actually made it and played. Yep. Now you have guys yep. playing 500 games by the time they're fucking 24 years old. So maybe not. Maybe when maybe you look not, at the second that, round. that might be a little too fast. Maybe quick math there. By the time they're like 27, they've got 500
1: games. Yep. So when you look at the second round, there was 23, 23 players that, that have played games from the 2016 the draft, 2016 draft 22 in the players? second round, 23 players played that's unheard of. Now, when we talk about the third round, we talk about the third round, third round is like, I mean, if you're drafted in the third round and beyond, there's a very low chance that you're going to be playing in the NHL. Not anymore. 1, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 players in the third round played games in the NHL. Now, there was a number of players that played three, three, two, one, one, two, four, five, and 5. But still, I mean... I, I, you're going to laugh at the, you're going to laugh at the fourth round. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 players in the fourth round played games in the NHL within six years. Yep. That's like
0: most guys go, most fourth rounders would have been drafted, gone back to junior for two years, signed maybe gone to the East Coast League for half a year, the American League, then maybe a full year in the American League, another full year in the American
1: League, and then maybe they
0: might have got a call-up on their second contract,
1: if at all. Listen, things have changed tremendously since you were drafted, and, and most definitely me. Okay, We're like, I'm talking, I was drafted 30 years ago. Okay? Things have changed tremendously. If you were drafted in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, you had zero chance, like a very, very, very slim chance of playing in the NHL. You Seventh rounders, I mean, absolutely almost had zero chance. Okay. Today's game's different. There are so many excellent players. There's so many players that that develop at different rates. You have your super high-end um, players that are physically and mentally m- more mature than most of the age group. They're drafted very high, okay? But there's players that, that stick with the development side of things. They may develop a little bit later, and now you're seeing more players that are that are playing in the NHL at the second at the back of the draft. And these are guys that are just developing a little bit later, maturing, and then earning spots to play pro, which is the American Hockey League and the NHL. The, game, the game's changed, and the game's gotten younger. The game has gotten younger. It's all about your first contract, which is 18, 19, and 20. And then you sign your next deal. If you're elite, you get an eight, seven, or eight year extension that's worth a tremendous amount of money. And then there's others that you know that are still making very good money, but they're working on on, on smaller contracts. All I'm trying to say is Devin Levi is dominating right now. Dominating. D1 hockey. And I don't think that he's going to play another year at Northeastern. He needs to come out and he needs to be tested further. He needs to be tested not only against a higher-end competition, which is my like the the pro hockey in American Hockey League, he needs to Learn the lifestyle of that. He needs to learn how to ride a bus and take a, take flights. And he needs to go through the grind of a three games on Friday, Saturday, Sunday games. And then he needs to show up on Monday. Okay. And he needs to learn how to fight through the fatigue. He needs to learn how to manage his body, how to eat, when to sleep. I mean, all these things come into factor because he's not going to be playing 28 to 32 games. He's going to be looking to play 45 to 50, maybe even more. And that's just, that's the evolution of, of his development.
0: Right. All right. I okay. Well, I guess we'll see. Uh, I'd, I'd like to signs, see the kid. If he come signs out. this year, this year, and the Sabres are out of the playoffs, my guess is he'll get he'll get some games this year. As and you that's know, not club. good
1: though. You want to know why? Is because he's going to do it on power. Did Owen Power as much as that? That I I've loved nothing more than watching Owen Power play this year. I think he's he's done a really insanely good job for a very young kid, twenty years old, but. He signed the contract last year. He went and played how many games? Seven or eight, nine?
0: Yeah, it's not six, he seven. He burnt eight, a nine, year
1: on his deal. He burnt a year. So now he has two years left. He has this year and one more. Well, he's played so well in his first year at 20 years old that Kevin Adams is almost forced to have him play, to sign him. You have to sign him. Because you can't allow Owen Power to play out the last year of his contract, because he could explode to something even more. Okay. And I don't want to, but burn, I don't think, I don't, I don't think a goalie is going to do that
0: by that time. I don't think you'll end up to, do, I don't, I think it's more likely a number one overall pick defenseman who's, deemed a stud is more likely to do that than a... Are we not t- calling Devin Levi a stud? All yeah, but I goaltenders hear about are different. Goaltenders are different. I mean, that's the thing. Where Here's the other question. Where this team is now, and we'll talk about where they are as they slowly start to fall a little bit. Carolina did them a favor last night by beating Washington. But with where the team's at and where Devin Levi is, are you ready to give a rookie goaltender in two years the reins? or even two and a half years or three years, the reigns when this team is hopefully supposed to be maybe even as soon as this year in that playoff hunt. But let's say realistically next year. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there's a timing here. That's very interesting for Levi and the Sabres because, you know, before the all-star break, we're all sitting here, you know, you know, talking about the Sabres are going to make the playoffs and in the last two games. They've been complete and utter horseshit. And, now we're talking about them starting to to fall back because three, four days in this league can change everything.
1: Yeah. Even with and games in hand. Devin Levi is walking in to possibly one of the greatest situations in hockey for a goaltender. He has um, witnessed since he was probably, what, 10 years old, how bad the Sabres are. Okay? Since he was 10, the Sabres have sucked. And now the Sabres finally, with this management, this coaching staff, the drafting that they've done for the last number of years, have put a team on paper that in two years from now, three years from now, I think is going to be one of the top teams in the NHL. I believe that Owen Power, Rasmus Dahlin, um, Samuelson and the number of high end and skilled players that they have, this team will be one of the top teams in the league in, in shortcoming two, three years from now. Well, guess when, when do you think Devin Levi is actually going to step in and be a part of this team moving forward? Well, as a part of it's it, be as, next like year. The, as the key part, as as a key part, probably three to four years. Three okay, to four two, years. Two years say. at the earliest, earliest. Like, I mean, super earliest. Okay. I, th- I, I think I said- think he's going to play a full year in the minors. That's just one. Okay. Then the next year, he'll probably be the backup. And then after that, in year three and maybe in year four, he's going to be the starter. Okay. He'll be 24 years old at the time. Everybody else on this team is going to be in their prime. Darlene, all these players. He's gonna walk into a really, really, really good situation. We'll see because I think a lot of people want
0: a goaltender before then, especially after the last two games. No offense, Craig Anderson. That, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I'm not pinning it on him, but the whole team collectively
1: has just looked. How'd that line change work out, Craig? How'd the line Listen, change? Listen, I mean, out for you? It, it, it's to me one of the dumbest moves I've seen in a long time. You're gonna, you're gonna your team before the break was six, two, and two. The team for the last month has played very well. They've put themselves in a very favorable position. Then you have a 10 day layoff, 10 days for a very young, immature hockey team. Maybe they had too many Coronas on the beach. I don't know. I don't really care, but they came back and they looked terrible started off really well against Calgary scored two goals of everything. I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. I watched them. I was at the game in the stands with my family. I'm watching them. They played pretty well. I wouldn't say great in the first period, but they played pretty well. That's, the, got fre- of- That's the freshness. That's the freshness. Three goals and then three shots in, on net, comes, three shots
0: on net, two goals against in comes the rust after that.
1: Well, in no, it, it wasn't rust. It had nothing to do with the rust. There's no friggin' rust on these kids that are 22, 23, 24 years old. That's not rust. Clearly it's all they're... upstairs. It's mental. It and is the... mental.
0: Fine. Let me, let me rephrase mental rust.
1: Yeah, it was mental. It was mental rust. And, and you can see the, uh, you could see a team in Calgary that had, that was their third game. Which is a huge leg up, okay? To get those, get the legs moving back and and the mental side of things back. And Calgary, just after the first period being down two nothing, they scored four goals in five minutes.
0: Four goals in five yeah. minutes. And and we've but, talked about this game, and we've already washed it and rid it, rid ourselves of it, and said, "Fuck it!" Yeah. Like that game's over with. Yeah, throw, put it in the bank away. The old cliche: let's crumple that one up and throw it in the garbage. Okay. Yep. Let's, which I I actually was doing that more than you were. You were kind of like, that was inexcusable. So take me to LA because I didn't get to see the game. I was at the bean pot. I was out. I, you know, we followed it. We followed the game because I was with Alex's brother, but I mean, we didn't get to see it. And then I saw the highlights and it looked looked rough. And the feedback from, you know, the wonderful land of social media was not positive.
1: I, I said this on the pod the other day after Calgary went and spanked them in their building, and I get it. That's, for me, I just look at that situation and say, just crumple it up, do a little video on it, but not too much, because guess what? You know, I mean, it's 10-day layoff. It's, you know, the the, the young team went got away from the game, enjoy themselves. They were flat. They didn't compete and do what they had to do, but don't overthink things. Okay. Just, just go back to playing the way you were. Okay. And you will get back. You probably will be better in your second game. But then all of a sudden we have the social media and now the coaching staff is looking at making changes to the lines. What did I say to that? Yeah, you said it was idiotic.
0: You said idiotic. Why? Why did they do it? Did we ever get an explanation? Like, was there ever any reason given, or what? Like, what uh, is there no explanation uh, that can justify the decision in your opinion? Because you were very against it. I was like, let's see how this goes. I mean, it wouldn't be listen. Wouldn't, if you, you nice want to know that we had
1: two number one centers, if you want to change, if you want to change second, third, and fourth line. I literally don't care if you change them every single game. You do not change your top line, a line that the entire season has produced for you. They may be a little flat. They may be coming off a little hiccup uh, in the all-star break. I don't care. You do not change that line ever. You do not change it. Go and roll the dice on the other ones if you want to. I don't care what you do, but you don't you don't change that top line. that's a staple. and they went and changed it, and I didn't like it. And you know listen, I mean that's not the reason why they lost. not they didn't lose because the line changed they they're losing because they're not playing up to the standard to be able to win games. i said I've said this basically for this hockey team. I said this, the last 32 games of the season, it's going to be about consistency and how you play the game each and every night. And if you're not consistent, you're going to get this. We are going to win three, we're going to lose two. We're going to win one, we're going to lose three. We're going to win four, we're going to lose two. That is not consistent hockey. When you're sitting there looking at the last two games, there should not be a panic they are still in a very solid position but they need they need to get back on track in these next two games they need to up their level of play their urgency like this is this is the season it wasn't the first 50 it wasn't the first 50 cage thompson has what 70 points right now 35 goals excellent that's excellent cage but i'm going to tell you right now the most important part of the season for Tage, the top line, the defenders, the goaltending, the secondary scoring. It's all about the last 30 games of the season. That's what it's all about. And my problem, I said this to you last week. I think that this team is super immature. Super immature. You know, I I had mentioned a, a player like a Boone Jenner, someone like Boone Jenner that is an older player that is still playing at a very high level that can help this young team and push this young team to be better. Caliposo can't do it by himself. He's one man in that dressing room. And if we're sitting there going to rely on our veteran defenseman, Rasmus Dahlien at age 22, then there's your first, there's your first problem. And I I'm just not don't saying Rasmus Dalin is not a, is not a a leader. I'm not saying that. I do not know Rasmus Dalian at all. All I know is he is twenty two years old. He's very young, and he needs to worry about his game. There are other guys that need to step up in the room to help galvanize this this team to say, we have to be the best every single night.
0: yeah well, I just don't want to see an unraveling here. I'm worried about the unraveling. The timing of that break might not have, might, might have come at like the worst, the worst possible time for the team. Just the worst time. You know, they, they had, they were rolling. And I mean, you know, rolling, but they, they were rolling. They were, they were playing well. They were playing really well. They were right out of just out of a playoff spot. Everybody, we we're scoreboard watching.
1: Now we're scoreboard watching, and it's we're scoreboard no. watching, and it's just over half the season. We're 50, what some games in, 52 games in, and we're going to scoreboard watch for the next freaking 30 games. Well, you have to. I mean that—that's. No, you don't. Like, I mean, we shouldn't have to be scoreboard. If you're scoreboard watching, then you're you really, really not confident with what you have. I'm I'm not confident. I'm talking about me.
0: I am. I'm watching last night. Like, Carolina beats Washington, and it it still keeps the Sabers six points back with four games in hand. Like those points are massive. Like they should they should have beaten LA. They have to beat Anaheim. Like you, have, you can't lay an egg against the Anaheim Ducks.
1: This is the game where you have to say, this has to get us back on the fucking rails here, boys. If you lose to Anaheim in the situation that you are currently in right now, then you got issues. You got big issues. And I'm going to tell you, this road trip, I said this to you, I said this to you, that Kevin Adams is sitting back and watching the Calgary game and he's going to watch this road trip, and this is going to tell him what he should do or at least give him a little bit of push in one way or the other. I know it's still super early, but the trade deadline is coming up in what? March 3rd. Two and a half weeks, okay? Two and a half weeks, you have to make a decision on your team. This road trip is basically telling you maybe, and, and guiding you in a direction of what you need to do, what you need to do. Now we spoke about this last week that if you went 50, 50, 50 on this road trip, if you went two and two, then that wouldn't be devastating. Do you remember we said that? Well, it's only a three game trip. No, I'm talking with Calgary and the road trip. Okay. We talked about before the Calgary game, if you can go two and two, okay, then it would be, it would be Okay. It would be okay, and they have a chance to do that, and it's favorable with the teams that they're playing too. You say that, but these—I mean, all these, all these shitball teams in the league right now—Columbus and 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 uh, you know, you know, Chicago. I'm not saying the players Anaheim, can say that, Arizona, but I San I can Jose. say
0: that as a as a fan, yeah. as someone who sits back and these like, shitball
1: teams are still beating top teams. I that's the, that's the that's the thing that's blowing my mind right now. It's like holy jumping, like just.
0: Well, I, I'm nope. going to just I'm going to just disagree with you on one thing. I don't think it's road tri- this road trip that Kevin Adams looks at and says and decides. I think it's after that Florida game, one week before the deadline. I think he gives it Anaheim, San Jose, the home game against Toronto, and then they go on the road against against Tampa Bay, and so you get to measure up, and then a team that you are pushing against for a wild card spot and trying to leapfrog over as a as a better team in the in the conference. In yep. Florida, yeah, so, I understand that. The
1: reason why I'm saying the, these these four games in particular, coming off the break, is it you're going to be Kevin Adams is going to be put in a situation where after these four games, Calgary and the road trip, if you if you were to win all those games, let's just say they went four and zero, they would be in a playoff spot, in a very very favorable playoff spot with games in hand still. If they lose all these games, they are out of a playoff spot. They're looking at Detroit, Florida, the Islanders, Washington, and Pittsburgh. Now you might have to pull the reins back and say, this is not our year. Let these young guys play. We're still super immature as a group.
0: Hey, Craig, can I tell you something? There's another team that's creeping up. The Ottawa Senators. They're now they have they're one <laughs> yeah. game more than the Sabers and they're one point back. Remember how bad yes. they were? Yeah. Yes, they're no joke, man. The Ottawa Senators are no friggin' joke. I'm telling this, you right this now, this is
1: what happens when you win hockey games. Two games ago, two games ago, Sabers were like, oh my god, they're like in a, the greatest position ever. Now all of a sudden, within two games, they lose two games, and now all of a sudden, you look at Ottawa. Ottawa's one point behind. One point behind, you still have to worry about Detroit. That's on a three-game winning streak. You've got Florida, who is always pretty pesty and been pretty consistent. You know the Islanders, Washington, Pittsburgh, all these teams. What are they going to do? Are they going to make? Are they going to make moves to make this team better? Their teams better. Probably, you know Detroit's going to do something.
0: I have. I think Eiserman's going to do something. He always does. It'll be interesting to see, but we'll, we'll end on this. You cannot afford to lose to Anaheim tonight. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at CraigRivet52, at the Instigator 76 And You can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.